Welcome to the Producer Podcast. This is the show where we interview electronic music producers from around the world. We ask them how they're making their music, what they're doing in the studio, talk about marketing advice, talk about their careers. The whole goal is to help you guys out there become more inspired to create better music, give you some tips to create better tunes, and get your music out there and get it heard. I'm Steve Cherubino. I'm your host. Now, we always have killer producers on the show. This week is absolutely 100% and no different. Super happy to have Tommy DeClerc joining us from Slovenia. He is a techno producer, writes some killer tracks, and uh, he does some pretty cool, uh, I guess, uh, countdown stuff. I want to deck our top 10 stuff. I would definitely want to talk to him about. Uh, Tommy, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, tell us yeah. a little bit about what you're doing these days and uh, what kind of music you're doing. Oh, well, I produce mostly techno because uh, it's what I like. And uh, I'm kind of of the mentality, you know, if, you, if you're doing music, do what you like, not what other people want you to do. Yeah, I, like <laughs> I think that. this is, you know, because it's, uh, I think the music is, uh, you know, you always play music when you want to have fun and you listen to music when you, when you want a certain mood. So uh, I make music because I want to have a great time, you know. And when I was young, I was going to the clubs dancing and uh, dance, you know, having a good time on the dance floor and once uh, one day i decided to start to produce music to have other people have a great time on the dance floor you know and here i am <laughs> you know i think you could never burn out if you do it that way no 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 once you start to do it because it's just your job you know it's better to just some kind of get away you know and leave the leave the place to other people that love to do it you know yeah yeah well, I really like your tracks, man. Um, like Thank you. They're really, they make you want to dance and that's their purpose, you know, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, That's what I try to achieve, you know, with the tracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. the production quality is top notch. Thank you. Um, one of the cool things that you're doing that uh, yeah. really caught my attention is how you're doing, you're basically, you do like a top 10 and you call it my chart. Yeah. And you do a YouTube video of it. Yes. But you record it live and you actually yeah. show a dance floor. You show like the gear you're using. You show you up there DJing. And uh, I think that's a really cool way of doing it. I don't see too many other people doing it that way. They just maybe put out something on SoundCloud, but you're doing the full, you know, the full video and audio. And tell yeah, us, tell us a little know, bit about that. You know, we, we started with my chart, I think, uh, three years ago when uh, my, management, my management told me that I need uh, to do a regular, uh, you know, sets every month to record the set you know and i need to do a chart with my top 10 tracks and then i decided why don't do it in the you know in the one shot you know and then i started to record uh, firstly just audio with uh, you know 10 tracks selected and put it on soundcloud and mixcloud and everywhere else and then uh, one day i get inspired by you know uh, this video production and everybody is starting to do it videos and uh, videos are becoming more and more popular and also i realized that uh, almost 50% of the of of everything that people are searching on the internet is video you know so i tried to um, do the first chart with the video you know with few cameras I, it, it was not even the cameras it was just the iphone recording and everything and uh, started to do this this kind of way and it was uh, very popular and people really enjoyed it and liked it so i decided to do it on a regular basis so every month i record my chart whenever i possible whenever possible because i wanted always to be on the 15th of the month to be ready you know produced and everything so if i have a gig uh, before the 15th of the month i try to record it on the in the club otherwise i record it in my studio so it's more um, you know it's more produced with lights and everything so it's more clear but uh, it's certainly a different kind of way of promotion also, you know, because it's somehow unique. 
Yeah, it's very unique, yeah. and it, it kind of it's it's more engaging. It gets you involved with it and sees what you're doing. Yeah, uh, yeah, because you know a lot of people also asking me what I use, how I do it, you know, and uh, I started to thinking also to to make uh, short videos, you know, about my equipment, about my connection, because uh, everywhere I go, where I play, a lot of people start to looking at me. Why did I bring two bags with me? You know, <laughs> because <laughs> it's not just you know plugging the USB uh, key in the CD players because uh, I have uh, um, for for my chart not so much but for a regular gig I have uh, like a, a DJ live thing you know because I have also machine Ableton live and everything connected with Tractor and I'm playing music and playing some things live so it's uh, a unique setup. Yeah, it's very cool. And is that an iPad I see that you're using too, or is that yes? Okay, yes, yes. That's what I thought. What you I thought. you wanna you wanna know how? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now get ready. So I have a uh, tractor as my main uh, player, you know, with uh, four separate outputs on the mixer. Then uh, on the computer, also I have um, uh, installed Ableton Live, in which I have machine from Native Instruments, mm -hmm. and uh, on machine I have eight separate outputs. They are going into Ableton Live, so I use Ableton Live as a mixer, okay. you know, to get to the stereo output of the another sound card where I go to the my mixer fifth channel. <laughs> then I go from the sense of uh, the uh, X192 the mixer. I go with the AUX1 to the reverb and AUX2 to the uh, delay channel of the Ableton Live. And everything in Ableton Live is controlled with Touchable from iPad. So I don't need to switch on the computer to uh, to Ableton. On the computer, I always have um, Tractor as a main stream, main uh, on the screen. And I see everything is happening in Ableton on, uh, on the iPad. So I have everything under control. Wow, that's a really cool setup. <laughs> yeah, I, I I spent a lot of time, you know, to get everything in sync, to be everything, uh, to to get also used to, to this setup and also to, um, how to say, uh, to be secure that it will not crash during the gig and stuff like that, you know, and for now it's working for a year and a half now without problems. Yeah, you know, that's that is that's a cool way of doing it. And um, I know exactly what you mean. Once you get your rig exactly how you want it, yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. just stable and you know it's nothing's going to go wrong. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. fault was when I always get to that point, I get bored with it and I try to do something different Ooh, and yeah. I break everything. <laughs> you know, I always, I always uh, scared about uh, you know uh, doing some the updates. You know, yeah. a new software is coming out, and, but this was funny. This weekend I was in the in uh, in um, Dubrovnik in Croatia, and I needed to play, and I prepared everything, and somehow my iPad was uh, the, the touchable was updated, but uh, I didn't update it my um, my server on the on the computer. And so I needed to connect it through the uh, through the iPhone on the internet to download the the, the lastest drivers and install everything. And I was all the gig was like, oh, yeah, it will go through, it will go through. <laughs> please, please don't don't break down, don't break down. But it was okay. It was uh, everything was okay. Oh, good, you made it through. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> now on the iPad, what what kind of software are you running on that? Where that not only gives you control of Ableton, but also yeah. you could see visually what's going on. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's touchable. It's uh, from, uh, I, I, it's touchable.com, I think they okay. are. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a very good integration with Ableton because you have the mixer and, uh, you know, all the, 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 the levels and everything, you get the feedback, you know, the view matters and everything. And also you have a customizable uh, MIDI interface. So I, um, I sent, I, I'm creating the, the, all the reverbs and the delays that I want to control on the touch on the Ableton Live, I control it from there. You know, so I you see. have a you can you can customize it by your own, however you want it, and it's really amazing. Wow, that's really cool. Touchable, yeah. I got to check that yeah. out. Yes, yeah, 
you must. <laughs> if you use Ableton Live, this is, uh, I tried, uh, I think, five or six different of them, and this is the best, really. Wow. Well, yeah. you, it's tried and, trusted and tested by you, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So uh, let's move into the studio a little bit now. And yes. can you tell us, well, you, you hinted, but I'm not yeah. sure if this is actually your doll of choice for production, but you, what you use mm -hmm. Ableton for live. What do you use in the studio when you're producing? I, I'm in, in last two months, I tried to do stuff with Ableton. And uh, I must say it is the best software in the world to get the ideas, to get to be creative, to, you know, I think I think the computer would crash, but Ableton Live would still play, you know, it's something <laughs> that you, you don't need to stop the music when you are creating, you know, and this is amazing, you know, you don't get even a glitch when you put the plugins on and you just continue to create and you put a sample in, you cut it, you put it in a new track, you create the drum scene from it, you, whatever you want. But when it comes to summing, I don't like it ah. really. I, I don't like the sound because once once you get over eight tracks, you know, it starts to sound a little bit harsh for me. You know, you 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 cannot get the the clean bottom end, you know, from what I'm known about. You know, if you listen to my production, you can hear yeah. a lot of things going on on the low end, you know. And here is where where Pro Tools are really amazing. Really? You know, uh, yeah, really. A lot of people are talking about, yeah, because the Pro Tools HD have the card. It's not true. I use Pro Tools, uh, the normal native version for three years now, only on my laptop. And I'm doing everything on my laptop and it just sounds better. It, it, it's just different, you know. It's... Mm. It's like uh, if you ever tried uh, Allen and Heat mixer versus the Pioneer mixer, it's the same difference, you know. Which it's one? like um, it's like I prefer Allen and Heat because it's really analog mixer, and uh, you can you can do, I, I it's somehow you have uh, more headroom, you know. Mm -hmm. When when I try to uh, to mix in uh, Ableton Live, like one friend asked me, what is the main difference for me? It's like having six kilos of tomatoes, you know. And in Ableton Live, you want to push it in a four kilo bag. You know, it's it, it gets squishy. You know, it's ah, it's I not see. it's not so clear. It's I, I was doing a, a last track um, two weeks ago. I was tr I started to do it in uh, Ableton Live, and I was spending two or three days trying to make it sound right. You know, I like like I want it to sound. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not you know everyone has its own sound, but I couldn't make it sound like I wanted to sound, and I just exported it out. And put it in Pro Tools, and in three minutes, I got the sound I wanted in Pro Tools. You wow, know, that's but so it's it's yeah, it's interesting. But you know, I I was always thinking about maybe it's the the plugins, maybe it's right. the you know. But I I try to use the same plugins, you know, the same EQ in Ableton Live and in Pro Tools, and for mastering purposes also. But it's it's some kind some some uh, there is I think it's something about the summing, you know, when you put the tracks together. Yeah. You know, because there there is a big, big, big difference. Because I tried Ableton Live with an external mixer. When you go to, with each track on an external mixer, and it sounds amazing outside. You know, because you are doing something outside. But somehow, when you're doing in the box, it's not the same. That I don't know why, but it's like that. <laughs> That's interesting. That's good to yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, why did you choose Pro Tools? Have, have you had experience with other dolls? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I try. I think I tried everything. Um, I used Cubase. I started with uh, Cubase. Uh, I think it was no, it was Cakewalk, mm -hmm. the first version of Cakewalk that was just dots on the screen. <laughs> then I then I used Cubase XT. 
then it came Cubase VST and uh, everything else logic on the, when it was also on the PC and Ableton Live was starting at that time. And at that time I had a duo with uh, Zox. We were Tommy or Zox, we were doing more commercial music, commercial house. And um, there was a version of Pro Tools that worked for eight channels and it was free, you know, just to try it. Yeah. I think it was uh, Pro Tools hmm, eight, I think. I think it was the number eight. Uh, or five, I don't know, I don't remember. But it was uh, eight track and it was uh, like free download and you can try it with every sound card because at the time Pro Tools was working only on with their sound cards. Right. And I was in the studio and I was, I decided to go with, with uh, you know, with the real test because it was the same sound card and it was like five different softwares. And I was collecting uh, six loops and I said, okay, let's try it now. And I put the same loops in the, in all the softwares and the amount of the levels and panning, I created everything same, you know, yeah. in all the softwares without plugins, without nothing, just to hear how the sound, how the software sound. And when I was uh, working with live logic and Cubase, everything was okay. There were small differences. When I listened to Pro Tools, I was just, what is this? It was, it was just, I, I can say 40% of difference wow. in, in the sound, in the sound quality of the summing inside the box, you know, because at that time I was, uh, I was uh, playing, uh, I, I mean, I had a sound card with, you know, 16 outputs and uh, we were mixing on the external desk and everything, but I just wanted to hear how the software sound. Yeah. And it was that much of difference that I couldn't believe it really. And the next day I went to the store and I bought uh, Pro Tools LE with, with the DG01, the, so, the, yeah. the hardware that was hardware yeah. interface. And, and that at that time I started to use Pro Tools and never looked back. I see. I see. It's really, it's really something different. That's very interesting. You know, yeah. I, I never give Pro Tools enough credit. I, I kind of like, I kind of like bust on it a little bit, not yeah. because of its sound, but because it's, no, it's not. It's not user friendly. I know, yeah. and it, it, the MIDI was in, uh, was uh, late on the, on the integrated later. I think in versions uh, six or five, and every, you know, it was always used by uh, producers for, to make rock or pop music as a right. recorder. You know, right as a recorder, always used. Yeah, yeah, as a hard disk recorder, but. You know, once you once you get used to it and uh, all the tricks and everything you can do in it, it's really, really. Um, I, I mean, for me, for what I for the sound that I'm after, it's the best. That's really cool, and yeah. uh, and the pros use it, so I mean, it can't be yeah, that yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah I yeah, was yeah. always resentful that it was the industry standard, but all of its features were lagging behind like five years. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, was, it, it still is, you know, it still is yeah. uh, lagging behind with a lot of features, you know, and uh, there's a lot of things in Ableton Live that I really love about, you know, yeah. uh, but but when it comes to sound, it's just, it's not there. Wow. Cool stuff, man. I love talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Can you tell us about your workflow, like how you actually write a song you, you you touched on it a little bit you start it you start in ableton get your ideas there and then you uh, do all yeah your but stuff. you know it, not always because okay. it, it depends you know because um you know i, I don't want to do it always the same way right because uh, you know you you i i see a little people a lot of people doing it always the same way or have some presets in uh, you know or or songs where they start from everything you know I prefer to go fresh, you know, with the new session and, or I don't know, maybe I hear some samples and go with Ableton and try to manipulate with them and try to create the idea, just the loop over there, you know, and then transfer it to Pro Tools or start everything fresh in Pro Tools, you know, when you, when you get some idea of the melody or something, yeah. you know, you just start somewhere. But usually uh, I start with just a normal four to the floor beat, you know, kick, mm -hmm. snare and hi-hat, you know, flat to touch, to touch without nothing else, you know, just yeah. to, to create a vibe, to have something going on. 
Then uh, usually I use a machine from Native Instruments to, to add something on, you know, some samples or stuff like that. And then I love to use Transfuser. That was also that is also a plugin that was um, Pro Tools only till a few months ago. Now you can find it also as uh, audio units and VST. And it's amazing what you can do with loops with it. You know, it's it's like uh, I don't know if you remember back in the days when there was recycle when you send the 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 loop or the sampler sample to the Akai samplers, the and you 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 get that MIDI that you want you yeah. can, you could uh, manipulate with however you want it. Well, this is the software version, but it do a much more about it. You know, hmm. and I usually use a lot of loops, but I don't just play them. You know. I don't just put them in there and play them. Right. I use them as a sound source, you know? Yeah. I, For example, I like the loop and I uh, put it in transfuser and then chop just one slice of it out because I like the sound of that slice and use it in my way, you know? So huh. I use it as, as uh, I use all the loops as a sound source to create something new. Awesome. And yeah, yeah. And also you have a lot of, um, you know, you can use plugins on them. Then you have, uh, it's Mario, it's a, a randomizer that can use that loop and randomize it around and you get some creative, crazy stuff around and it's, it's really, really good. Wow. And also, also you have, um, you have a, a big bank of sounds in it, you know, you can start from there. And it also depends, you know, each track is somehow, somehow different how I start, but Mainly, I think it's always transfuser that is used in all my productions and uh, boom, that is um, also a drum machine, yeah. but it's just in Pro Tools and it's normal, you know, 909, 808 uh, drum machine, but I don't know why it sounds just amazing. You, know, <laughs> you have that kick drum in, in it, but that it sounds from from top to bottom all the time and always and whatever you put on it and whatever loop or baseline you put in it, you still hear the kick drum going through. It's really amazing. So you're using like the stock kick drum out of out of Boom. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's analog uh, model, so yeah. you can uh, manipulate it to, to tune it with the bass, uh, you know, and everything. You you can you can really shape the kick drum uh, however you want, wow. you know. And it's amazing how it sounds. And usually when I get the idea, you know, I put the loop of uh, eight bars, you know, just just to get going. Mm -hmm. uh, this is this is something that a lot of people are telling me. Why are you doing this way? This is wrong, but. I think there is no right or wrong in making music, you know. Why you are they it. why are they saying it's wrong? How you do they know, do it? Because because I do the loop and then I do the mastering. <laughs> you know, without without the arrangement, everything, anything. I do the mastering, you know. <laughs> I I do the mastering with the universal audio plugins because they just sound amazing, you know, for mastering purposes. And then I do the arrangement because I get already that sound pumping everything, you know, uh, even before I do the equalization or, or uh, compression of each track separately, I do the mastering. Wow. <laughs> you know, because it's inverted because somehow, you know, the electronic music was born this way. You know, was born by people that was not the produ big producers knowing how to manipulate computers. Um, I mean, uh, equalization and compression and everything, you know, was born by people doing it at home, you know, yeah. trying to do tracks together and then bring it to the to the audio engineer, you know. And uh, th this way, when you put all these samples together, you get some strange sounds in it, you know, that would, you would not get them uh, if you would equalizing it and uh, leaving the mastering it for the final stage, you know. Yeah. This, you you get this interaction between between the the sounds themselves, you know. 
If you, for example, listen to any of my tracks, you hear the bass line, but there is five bass lines inside, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and they get, you know, the communication together. Even they're even in different scales and different tones. And they don't, if you listen to each single of them, they would not never put it, be, being put it together, you know, but somehow <laughs> at the end, they sounds good. Wow. Know? That's really yeah. cool, man. I like how you do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, you know, just I wanted to do it differently, you know, and I tried a few things and this way it's amazing. Also, because uh, when you get that uh, mastered sound, you get excited about the, the track more, you know, because it sounded finished, you know, and then you get the arrangement and everything is coming out and it's it sounds already done almost, you know. Yeah. So you, you get better idea. You don't need to imagine how it will sound at the end, you know. Right. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Now, do you, when you're done the entire track with the arrangement and everything, do you have yeah. that whole thing mastered or is it pretty much whatever's done through your, with your mix, that's the done product? No, I, I, uh, I, uh, I'm doing the master, I'm doing mastering myself, you okay. know, all my tracks, you know, and, uh, a lot of times when you, when I do it this way, I, I told you, you know, when I do the mastering and then I go to the separate tracks yeah. because, you know, I look at it this way, uh, mixing, so EQing and, and compression and levels and panning and everything else is, uh, somehow, uh, a thing to, uh, solve problems in the mix, right? Okay. So to make them clearer, to make them hear out, right? So yeah. you, a lot of people are starting, you know, put the kick drum in and start to tweaking it to make it sound good. But you will never have just the kick drum in the track, you know? Right. So you must always compare it with everything else that will be in the track. Right. Right. You know, so I prefer to do the mastering and everything is pump it up and then solving the problems. So going back to see what it's wrong if the kick drum is maybe too long or too short or it's uh, uh, too... Um, uh, too much of a certain frequency so you can solve it after that you know I see and saying. yeah and usually uh, and, uh, until now it's always worked it was like that that uh, when i done this mastering and i done the mix and everything when i turn it off the mastering the the track sounded good you know even without the mastering you know it, it's funny because you are doing it backwards right but it sounded good you know <laughs> so then i then i just turn on the mastering back again so i can hear the main difference between unmastered and mastered track and then i do some um, uh, repair, uh, repair something on the mastering wise if maybe too compressed or equalization and everything else you know it's, i see it's I always see. depend depends you know because a lot of times also i want to uh, i start with the idea that i want to that uh, I want that pumping sound, you know, so I put the compressor on the master that is taking everything out, you know, from the track and I produce it that way. You know? <laughs> now you say you use UAD plugins for mastering? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Wh which yes. ones do you like? All of them. <laughs> really? No, really. I, lo I, I like the, the now I, I started the demo of the tape machine of the uh, Ampex and I just love it. You know, it makes something to the tracks. It, it glued them together, but in a certain way. Wow. But I think I could not live without uh, Massive Passive now, without okay. uh, Pultec, the collection, and without Maximizer. Because the ultra maximizer for me, for my kind of music or for my kind of sound, it's just sound perfectly. Wow. Yeah. Now, what do you, what kind of hardware do you have to run the UAD plugins? Uh, I have the satellite, UAD okay. satellite, yep. uh, connected to my um, Book Pro and through the Firewire. Gotcha. That's it. And, and uh, the interesting thing, maybe a lot of people don't know about it, uh, the MacBook Pro have the, you know, the headphone output? Yeah. It's an optical jack also, right, you know that? Right. Yeah. And I go from the optical jack to my Rosetta 
and I use Rosetta just as a digital to audio to analog converter, and that's it. I don't have any expensive sound cards or stuff like that, you know. Wow, that's interesting. So you just the, go straight to the, a converter. Yeah, through the converter, and that's it, you know, and it works fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, this way, this way, I don't need to, to switch between sound cards. Also, when I'm uh, when I'm traveling, you know, when I, when I put just the headphones in, when you want to do something, you right, know, right, right, you know, you, you always do with the same core audio stuff, and it's working, you know, wow. without because a lot of times it happens if you have um, a sound card, for example, and you switch between sound cards. Uh, and there is a different buffer size. You get different delay compensation, and it sounds different. And you know, I get crazy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I never. Yeah, that's yeah, a great yeah. idea. Yeah. You're probably the first person I know who's used that digital out on the headphone jack. <laughs> 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 so smart. Yeah, but you know, people people a lot of times don't think about these things. You know, they think, oh, this is a bad sound card. It's digital, so it's right. sending digital signals. The most important thing is to get the good converter to. Convert it out, you know, because I don't need it to record anything. You know, when I record things for my tracks, I have another system here in my studio, which is Pro Tools HD with uh, also with Rosetta and connected with, you know, uh, with HD card of Pro Tools. And I have this for recording, you know, but just for the output, it's it's enough. Wow. Sounds like you have a good studio there. Yeah. You want a photo? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what kind of monitors are you using? Uh, well, I have two um, two Tanoi old system speakers. I think it's System Ten. Okay. Uh, very old, vintage almost. And uh, for the main monitors, I use the NS10M Studio from Yamaha. Yeah. With uh, with the uh, amp and the subwoofer connected with them, because uh, I have um, the the central station uh, uh, speaker switcher, you know, from Presonus. Yes. And I uh, I connected this way so I can listen only to the subwoofer without uh, monitors. Huh. You know, so I I can turn off the speakers and listen just the subwoofer to to hear just what is going on on the lower end. Wow. You know, because when you are disturbed by a mid and uh, high frequencies, you can you can't hear that the the, the bass is distorting or uh, there is uh, too much going on between kick drum and bass drum. Uh, I mean uh, the bass drum and the bass. You know. Yeah. So this way you can turn it off and you just hear the headroom that it have on the low end, you know, so you can make it sound right. I see. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else in your studio that you couldn't live without? You absolutely love? No. I think the computer is the main thing, you know. Also, you know, I maybe it was it's uh, when I created the studio, it was uh, a bit of luck, you know, to get this acoustic I have here in the studio. Because really, you can pump these Yamahas very high and you can work for eight hours on the high volumes and you don't have a headache, you wow. know. Yeah, it's really, I love it. Also, I have connected my front studio with the back um, where I have another monitors for um, DJing purposes, you know, yeah. where I have also the DJ console and I, con I have connected the front end and the rear end so I can produce music and listen it to that speakers and also uh, make a DJ set and listen it to the monitor speakers so everything back and forth is connected. So Damn. Yeah, definitely send me a picture. I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about your career a little bit now. Yes. Uh, what has been the most amazing moment of your career thus far? I mean, you've been doing this for a while. Um, 
you know, I read a bit of your bio. Is there a standout yeah. moment that just like blows your mind that you, when you think about it, you almost get goosebumps? You can tell us about Yeah, you know, when, when I got the request to make a remix for Carl Cox, you know. Wow. Yeah, this was, you know, a moment, uh, you know, you, you admire someone for so much, uh, so so many times, you know, and uh, uh, and then you get the request to do a remix for his uh, track that was on his album. And it was like, you know, uh, dreams come true, you know. It's, uh, it's one of those moments, you know, you said yes <laughs> that's great how did yeah, that yeah, come yeah. about how did you pull that off but it was uh we, i i had a i think it was my second release on his label uh on intech and there was also uh, me playing at his uh, 10th anniversary uh, of uh, space ibiza and uh, you know we we were there, you know, uh, uh, get to, get to know each other in person, you know, also, but it was just a few minutes because uh, he was playing and I was uh, playing in the other room. And, but, you know, it was a long time uh, connection b- between uh, Intec and me, you know, yeah. and, but, you know, it, it, you never push yourself, oh, I want to do a remix or something right, like that, right. you know, and it's, that's, that's why I'm even more proud about that because it was their label that, I mean, his label manager that get in touch with me and asked me if I would like to do a remix for Carl Cox, you know, and it wow. was like amazing, really. That is fantastic, man. Yeah, Good yeah, job. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How about a challenge? Has been there been a challenge uh, thus far in your career that almost yes, stopped you? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, no. The challenge that almost stopped me, no. But you know, it's every track is a challenge somehow okay. for me because you want to somehow do it differently, you know, or uh, or get uh, more out of from yourself. But now I have a challenge, a very good challenge uh, about one track. Uh, it's called uh, Magic Fly. Uh, from space. Okay. I don't know if you. It's a track from '78, uh, I think, and uh, it the the label get in touch with, touch with me and uh, they asked me if I could rebuild the track because huh. they don't have any steams of that track. They have just the master. Oh man! And they wanted uh, this track to be remixed by some names, you know, and to so I needed to rebuild completely the track. You know, wow. they, did, they they just sent me the master and say, and asked me if I could do it. You know, and it was quite a challenge. You know, because the track from the '78, uh, when you listen to it, it has all these analog scenes. Also, yeah. the timings was a bit off. You know, but okay, I didn't. I was not looking for the timing uh, shifts <laughs> in the track. I tried to do quantize and everything, but it was a challenge to get that sound. You know, and did you do it? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just finished it. I think last week uh, we just they just confirmed it, and now they are started to, uh, to search the remixers, and it will be I think next year, some uh, in the middle of next year, it will be out, and it will be also my rebuild uh, included with the with the with the release. Oh, uh, the stems and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's you know it was very hard because uh, also the producers. I was in touch with producers and they didn't remember exactly which scene they used. You know, <laughs> so I was more. Uh, they just told me the studio, so I do a little bit of research. What studios were at that time? What equipment they wow, used? Geez. You know, and and you know. You can get rid of with everything, you know, you listen to the baseline and you say, okay, this is the Moog, you know, and you start and create that sound similar, not, it's not, you know, just equal, but it's very similar, but they has uh, um, a certain lead in the, in the track that was very difficult to find, you know, and once I found the plugin that was using, that that was uh, equal to that sound, I, uh, I used that and it was just spot on you know when you will hear it you will see that it's spot on <laughs> what uh what was it 
Uh, it was, uh, I think it was uh, ARP uh, 2006, uh, 2600, okay. and it has a specific bell sound with noise oscillator in it that is resonating on certain frequencies <laughs> that is, you know, because I recreated that sound on uh, six different scenes similar, you know, but yeah. it was not that, you know, when you listen to it solo, okay, but when you do a, an AB comparison, it was not not the same, you know. And as I'm very uh, picky about that, you know, if I do it, I will do it right. <laughs> so yeah. I spend a lot of time, you know, to find the proper scene that will do it. Wow, good, good yeah. job on getting that done. That's, <laughs> that's <you>. tedious. Yeah. <laughs> did you use Arturia plugins or what, what kind of synths did, plugins did you use? Uh, yeah, uh, it was uh, Arturia MOOC, okay. Uh, okay. The, the, the mini MOOC, uh, mm -hmm. and then uh, this ARP 2006. Very cool. And uh, what was uh, else? And then, you know, it was the 808 uh, drum machine and uh, some flangers and stuff like that, you know. But And also there was also a guitar uh, recorded in it that was uh, some strange rhythmic with the walk inside <laughs> that I sent to my friend that recorded for me. Then there was some voices recorded in, then you couldn't even hear what they are singing <laughs> inside, you know. And then another friend came to to record the voices, and it was it was uh, quite a big job, you know, to get everything properly. Wow, that is yeah, a challenge, yeah. man. And and you know the, the funny thing was that I got the the mix and everything was okay, but you know to get that uh, that final touch of the track, I couldn't get that uh, punch in the mid range, you know, yeah. because all the plugins were too perfect. You know, in the digital world, everything is too perfect. And in analog world, everything is a little bit, um, a little bit off on, on the face side, you know, right. so you get a little bit more punch. And I couldn't get that final sound that I wanted until I started the demo from UAD, the Ampex uh, tape machine. Yeah. And I just put it on and it was like, yes, this is it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I even tried to record it on my on my tape machine that I have here in the studio, but it was not the same because I have the old tape, you know. And Jeez. when I tried it, plug it, that plugin, it was just just spot on. And so ah, it's so I, I bought it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you bought it. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> <I did. laughs> That's so cool. How about um, marketing your music? I mean, you're obviously getting your stuff out there. It's getting heard. You're on charts. You're on Beatport. What have you found is the best way, like some good advice you could give to people to get their music out there and get it heard? You know, the, the, the best thing is to try to promote when you play, you know. Okay. Because uh, I, I see now, for example, now that I'm getting a bit more popular, you know, and you get more gigs. And when you come out, I play my music from 2008, 2009, and people get in the console looking at what is this track, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, you know, uh, this, this means if you, if you create a good track, you know, you can play it whenever you want. I see. You know, and, but now, right now, to get the promotion, to get good promotion is very difficult because there is just too many people uh, uh, on the social medias that are doing too much marketing on that, you know. I see. Also, the, the, the bad thing uh, that is happening now in the industry is uh, that people are re relying on some uh, charts and stuff like that, you know, uh, but they don't realize that those charts are selling charts, not quality charts, you uh. know, and those selling charts can be manipulated by the people in the background that are buying their own stuff, right. you know. So when you go to some charts and you listen, and I, I think all more young producers, you know, they're starting, they go to these charts and listen to the number one and say, okay, so I must produce this kind of music to go to number one. That is not true, you know. Interesting. You know, it's, it's better for them to produce music that they like and, you know, because when you make music you like, you, uh, you have uh, more, uh, you're more confident with it, you know. Yeah. 
you know, it's 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 better to do it. If if you do quality music, do you know the people will hear about you? You know. And now to to make people hear about you is the be the best thing is you know to record a set and to send it around to try to do interviews to do, try to maybe do a track free uh, once uh, once in a while you know so the people will know about you you know to send tracks to other DJs to play it you know it's very different ways you know too many people are just relying on you know I will put it on uh, SoundCloud right. and something will happen right there is no one way you know you must go on the always <laughs> possible. Uh. It's great yeah. advice, man. I really yeah. like that. Yeah. And it sounds like the way you're doing it, it gives you longevity. You know, you're making good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, if, if, you know I, 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 I'm happy because I'm doing, as people are saying, you know, uh, they like my music. And when they, even if they know about me just one month ago, when they go to check my back catalog, you know, they hear good music from, the, from uh, before, of that, before they know me, you know. It's uh, so you get even more confident with the people that uh, that want to hear more about you, you know. Right, and then they'll stick. It'll they'll stick yeah, around. Yeah. Because well, there is there is you know a lot of lot of producers you hear nowadays. You hear uh, when I receive a promo, for example, I hear something in some amazing, you know, it blows me away, and then you hear the next track that is totally different. You know, it's it, it doesn't seem his track, you know. Huh. Or, or a lot of times you hear some tracks, you know, that you can hear for a mile that it was made just because they wanted to get on the charts. You exactly, know? exactly. And this is this is this is not good. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's it's no. it's tough to listen to. It's yeah. like it taints the whole industry. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the best piece of advice you could give to somebody right now, an aspiring producer out there who wants to become more popular? Ah, uh, hmm. Or not not just become more popular, but yeah. just an aspiring producer out there who just wants to make just it. To, and, just yeah. just to love what they are doing. Okay. And and the most important, uh, not uh, not to be there and waiting for the for a success. You not, know, because there is there is uh, there is one article I read about uh, years ago from uh, two producers from uh, from England. They uh, they they said that uh, they like what they are doing. You know. And even if te in 10 years, if they will not succeed, they don't care. They have a good time. <laughs> you know, this is the most important thing, yeah. you know, do yeah. the music because you, you have a good time. And so even if you don't succeed, you will have a good time. Right. You know, right. it's like, uh, you know, everybody are playing football, but no, not everybody are in, in the prime league and get the, the big money. You know? Exactly. Yeah, but they have true. a good time while they're playing. You know, this is the same thing. That's great advice, man. I, yeah. I really, really, really <laughs> like that. And I think it will help a lot of people. Yeah. Well, tell us uh, where people could find out more about you and listen to your music. Well, uh, they can find me on SoundCloud uh, or, or even better on YouTube because uh, we're trying to build a YouTube channel now as much possible with cool. this uh, chart that I'm recording and also trying to put uh, all the releases uh, on uh, over there. So with the links to Beatport to if they like it to buy it, you know. Or on Facebook, you know, the regular social media stuff, Twitter, everywhere. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you're all over, yeah. all over the place. Yeah, you, gotta be. you need to be all over, you know, yeah. because everywhere is better. It's true. Yeah. Well, Tommy, thank you so much for doing this interview, man. You gave some amazing information. It's It was really a blast talking to you, and it's going to help so thank many you. people. Yeah, hope everybody, you know, also I can, I can say uh, without any uh, problems, if anyone need any more information about anything he can get or he or she can get in touch with me on Facebook or everywhere and ask me and I will be happy to uh, reply. I, I'm not the shy guy to don't share my experiences with other people.
Dude, I'm sure people are going to take you up on that. And they, okay. I, they, <laughs> Don't worry. that's a really good way to be. I appreciate that. Thank you. Hey, I hope everybody who listened to the show enjoyed it. Um, definitely hit up Tommy, check out his tracks, uh, ask him questions if you want. And yeah, that's going to be it for the producer podcast for today. We'll see everyone next time.